Hey, this is Bob Lee, and you're listening to Over the Ball with Kevin Flynn, the world's game from an American perspective. The Over the Ball Daily World Cup podcast is brought to you by Soccer America, the soccer paper of record, and by Octane Media. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Over the Ball, our quick World Cup coverage, quick update with Chris Shamides. I'm Kevin Flynn. Coach, uh, take it away, man. Seems to be a tale of two halves here, and uh, the boys... uh, my heart is broken a little bit. We needed three points out of that game. Not over, but uh, not a great start, I guess. A, a good start in the sense that I thought that first half they played pretty well, but um, couldn't hold on. What do you think? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think the the, the progressive way that they want to play um, was good enough for the first half. Helps them to put their foot on the game. But when that second half starts and Wales starts to play differently, we have no ability to maintain what we're trying to do. Um, and, uh, eventually it leads to a mistake and Zimmerman catches, uh, Bale and Bale puts away the penalty and it's one, one. I think it's a big disappointment. I think it's a, this is a game that we, especially after the first 45, you have to feel like you have to walk away with three points here, knowing that, uh, we both may end up on four if everyone uh, loses to England. So Chris, they seemed to park the bus that first half, look to counter. Uh, I thought the U S played the ball well, quickly. Penetrating passes. I thought the Zimmerman Ream matchup looked good to me. Um, what happens that second half? A coach goes into the second half with Wales. Are they saying, uh, "Okay, we're one down. We got to come out," or do we just hold on for a little bit more? Or what? what, what what's the coaching change that he makes there that uh, that makes the second half such a different half? Yeah, I mean, the goal that the U.S. scores changes everything for Wales. So now, you know, from from where they were. Parked in there in the first half, there's no way they're going to score a goal on the break like that, you know. Yeah. And so, so they they make the change and saying, let's play higher up on the field, let's play higher up on the center backs, let's play a little bit more uh, with a little bit more nerve. Uh, let's pl- let's play bigger. Let's fight for second balls. Let's put balls in the box. All the things you would think they would do, they did, and we right. just didn't handle it well, you know. And maybe it was a tale of two halves, and our young players didn't negotiate it very well. And I understand there's a narrative out there that, oh, well, it's our first World Cup. I don't buy mm. it. We have a lot of players who played in big games. And I feel it's like Wales it's Wales' first something. World Cup, too. So, but, you know, um, but didn't Japan and, and Saudi Arabia press, and that's where we had difficulty kind of getting out of the back and making penetrating passes to the midfield, where I was quite surprised that Wales sat back so much that first half. Um, it seems to be when we're pressured that we have a difficult time. And England's watched that. Today with their their kick ass win, um, so I, I think we're at the same problems we have with some of these friendlies. Yeah, I mean Wales has uh, once they add the big forward there, now you have Bale and the bigger guy, and becomes a little bit more uh, physical and direct up top, and and that leads to some problems. Thank goodness Tyler Adams is on our team because he yeah. bailed us out three four times. Um, you know, I think he makes the game seem a little bit more. Uh, fair um but at, at the end of the day i mean they, we could have given up a second goal like that we weren't far away from from not conceding a second right and so you know you, you say okay we'll take a point but we're borderline could have lost in one or two moments and you know it's the classic case where you have your you, you have the momentum and you want to you have the one zero win we've all been around the game long enough that you don't leave the score line at one zero you have to keep going and they never got the second goal and now they played with fire yeah, they, they've always had the, the, the reputation of not getting anything in the first half. They got one. I thought that was a good sign um, and then tightened things up in the second half, but it just didn't happen. So uh, moving ahead, what are the adjustments now? Playing with a couple of yellow cards uh, the guys have, which 
definitely is impactful uh, with your play as you move forward. Um, England with a huge win. So it seems like all the cards are on deck for the game on Friday. Yeah, I mean, the, if you think about some of the, the cards, you know, I, in my opinion, they're not necessary yellows. And, and the Zimmerman foul on Bale is not necessary. So, you mm -hmm. know, we, we're naive in certain ways uh, in this game, I feel. Um, in terms of adjustments, yeah, there's the million-dollar question, which is where was Gio Reyna today? He never came on in that second half. Yeah. And, you know, you wonder, for me, he's a first-team type of player, so maybe they feel like he can't go three times 90, uh, so therefore they're perhaps saving him. I don't understand that because the Wales game is arguably the the game. You know, if, if you're going to go by the script, you open up the textbook and you say that you're losing to England and you're beating Iran, which means this is the game that actually, if you can get your nose above Wales, you're advancing in the group. So I'm surprised that we didn't put all of our best players on the field. I wonder he's, what's going on there. Yeah, and he's been playing, uh, you know, in the domestic league. Uh, and scoring. Yeah, yeah and, and I was surprised Anderson didn't start. I, I really was. Uh, way I had come in off the bench in some of the um, the preliminary games leading up to the World Cup, I thought he's a – you know, he's a speed demon and makes a real change. And I think that's a kind of a second half sub that you would make. Um, but look, this is what the, the the social media world has been all uh, talking about, what we're going to be the starters. And it was Aronson sits and Jesus sits. Um, Sergeant almost had one early on. Um, I, yeah, I was quite optimistic early on. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think so, there'll be some chances for for Ferreira perhaps uh, to play up there, and I think they're going to rotate a little bit. I think that's part of the plan. You just have to be careful when you rotate not to get too cute, you know. Yeah. So if this was the if you were to prioritize games, the most important one, well, you could be cliche and say it's the next one. So that would have been the Wales game. But after that, I I don't know how you would have if you think Rain is one of your best. How do you not put him into this first game, even if it's off the bench? I'm a little well, surprised. We've talked about it. Incredible player, uh, creative, has definitely a, uh, that sort of je ne sais quoi, you know. But I say I'm wondering if he's still carrying a bit of an injury. He's been playing, but uh, it's definitely not, not injury. Yeah, I mean, he played. The, the only thing I could think of, and I would love to hear Berhalter speak on this, is that you know, with with ten fifteen minutes to go and a one nothing lead, they were probably feeling super comfortable and said, maybe we don't need to risk it. Maybe we can get away with not playing them and keeping oh, fresher for the next two. Yeah. And, you know, as a coach, you make choices sometimes and, and, and sometimes it backfires. So that might have been the logic. I don't know if you'll admit that, but that, that might be how this played out. All right. Well, so an exciting day in, uh, you know, in the World Cup, I guess. You know, some crazy stuff going on up there. You know, I, I thought, I just want to mention this quickly because this is off the ball now about uh, Infantino, basically his comments. Really tone deaf, I think. Uh, incredibly tone deaf. Um, you know, it's, it's, they got the cup. You say with the person with their handshake, it's their word, but they, they put this contract together to say that we'll do this. We'll do this. We'll do this. We'll do this. They award them the games. They just change the equation. I mean, the biggest one being you move it from the summer to the winter. And then, uh, all this other thing with $75 million, Budweiser, a, a great sponsor of soccer over and over. It'd be great over the ball sponsors if they're listening, but, uh, here they set up all these tents, all these things. And two days before a sheik walks through and just makes the changes. So, um, you know, I read a, a quote by Hugo Lloris said, when people come to our country, we, you know, we ask them to respect our, our, um, culture. Um, and I'm going to respect theirs when I go there, but it's tough to respect that when these sort of things happen. Uh, I don't know, our friend Grant Wall, uh, he wore, um, LGBTQ shirt, uh, just the, the rainbow and they wouldn't let him in. 
Uh, they said it was a political statement. They took his phone. Uh, you know, here we are in America talking about how uh, screwed up our country is. But give me a break, man. Um, this this is really an embarrassment, an international embarrassment. And I think you might have seen um, Gary Lineker's comments, the way he opened the show. Fox, of course, didn't do any of that stuff. No political stuff. I guess that they leave that for another one of their channels. But this was uh, this was uh, Lineker came out and said, hey, man, um, this is not cool. We'll talk about soccer, but we're also going to talk about the other stuff. So yeah. in that sense, it's disappointing. So I was hoping I, I could at least come out of here with uh, with three points, be happy about things. Uh, the Cups always start with controversy, and then they sort of you know start to spread out as teams you know start to play. We get to see some great action. Um, but what, what are your thoughts on it all so far? Yeah, I mean, Soccer America, you know, Paul Gardner wrote the, uh, the article, uh, catastrophe right like what is this <laughs> what is this world cup going to be and, and is it going to go into that direction and you ask yourself was infantino his comments helpful or not you know it seemed yeah. very late it seems like he's salvaging something but it, it just kind of poured gasoline on the fire in my opinion it's uh it's too late to make a comment like that and whether you're steering the narrative this way or that way i think the fans around the world have already kind of seen what this is and we're right. all hoping to focus on the football side of it. But in the meantime, things are not going well in that light. What's that quote, Chris? When good men say nothing, you know, bad things happen. Certain, you know, that's... Uh, je ne sais quoi, I think that's what Je ne sais quoi, every time, yeah. A little French. You know, je ne sais quoi. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a bummer. And, and I think, look, uh, Sepp Blatter loses his job because yeah. of this awarding of this cup they yes. paid millions to the fifa committee yes. some of those guys were indicted three quarters of them were indicted um shut up enjoy the game you know Me? don't make any oh. more waves not you yeah okay uh, no you speak french <laughs> i can't mess with you um and so you know i'm not going to the cup because look i i was thinking about it and you know getting over there for the final somebody actually said they could get me over there and i'm like no no yeah. alcohol no gay sex i yeah i can't I, i'm out i'm out I need alcohol to have gay sex. <laughs> oh, no, they haven't made that much booze yet. Um, but anyway, uh, so a tough, a tough start, boys, to this World Cup. Um, I uh, I got caught in some traffic, and I was a little late getting to the game. But uh, sounds man, like you got caught in a lot of traffic. <laughs> you got a lot of traffic. Yeah, mental, mental traffic. I'm writing bits all the time. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, so next up, England, uh, big 6-2 win today. Uh, they're feeling cocky, which I think might yeah. be a good thing because they yeah. always discount the United States. They always belittle us. Just ask all the English announcers who are working here stateside representing our American game, you know? They'll, yeah. They'll, um, you know. Yeah, they're, they're good. I mean, they're deep. They're too deep yeah. in every position virtually, and they have on paper one of the best teams in terms of their first 11, in terms of their depth, in terms of their experience, uh, the pedigree of the last few tournaments they've played in, they're, they're certainly sure. one of the strongest. So it'll be a tall order. But if we can get points in this game, uh, th that sets us up real pretty for the last one. You know, in the last cup, I think this is a new generation of English players. And I think the biggest problem with English soccer is the press and the people get on them so badly that they sort of... Uh, get in the guys' heads a little bit, and they play not to lose, and they certainly didn't do that today. So this is a this is not great for the U.S. because they're they're firing in on all cylinders, and um, they they don't take us seriously anyway. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, it'll be, yeah, because you have the yellows on desk, 
uh, and, and McKinney and McKinney had came off a little early. Um, mm -hmm. so, you, you know, you have little physical things. Musa came off a little early. You don't know how slippery of a slope we really are on. I think that, uh, these yellow cards may end up hurting us in the long run, especially if we yeah. advance. Um, you had to be real disciplined about those kinds of things. And England's going to put us under a lot of pressure. You know, I thought they were clean tackles. I, I thought they got in there. I, I and or if a little piece of the ball, but the boots weren't up. I just didn't think there were yellow cards either of them. And a bunch of um, uh, of listeners of over the ball listeners were reaching out to me asking me what I thought of the Qatari referees, like going into the game, and was I concerned? And I said, "Geez, I didn't really think about it that much." But I, you know, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I would say for Dest on the first yellow, I think it's just unnecessary. You know, it's, yeah. he puts himself in a situation where you might get that call against against you, which is not great. And then I understand McKinney's argument, which is he gets some of the ball, and he does, but the back leg does sweep through, so you're often right. going to get that call. You know, so those are things that, that work against you. I think there was a moment in the match where Pulisic, if I read his lips correctly, and he was actually telling the referee just to relax a little, like stop with the yellow cards, relax. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's yeah, going to be yeah. okay. Just we're, all, we're, we're actually playing above the line here, so let's not like you know make this game crazy when it doesn't need to be. But don't you think you're coming out against a team uh, that plays the way the UK plays, which people getting stuck in, and you say to basically players, you get stuck in in a couple of early plays, let them know that, that we're there. Let them know that, that that we're there and we're ready to play this way as well. Um, the in a smart one way. Unnecessary. Yeah, in but a in smart a smart way. way. But right. like, I mean, th if you look at all three of these plays we're talking about, the Zimmerman on bail and the two yellows, in all three situations, these players are not going anywhere. They're all facing right. the opposite direction. They're not going to do anything that's immediately dangerous. The foul of the game, one of the best plays of the game, is when Turner comes off his line and heads it clear, and Acosta's smart enough to foul Bale because Bale is one of the few guys on the planet that can score from the midline. And, you know, that's going to be an unheralded play that hopefully gets more attention because that's a really heads-up play. And you got to be smart. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's a, a coach would understand that. You know, somebody who knows the game would understand that. Most people would be like, what are you doing? But uh, it, it was very smart. Okay, so uh, England on Friday, um, they're coming off their big 6-2 win. The United States, tough, uh, you know, but they got a point. So we live to fight another day. Um, we'll be back. We're trying to do these daily podcasts, folks, the Over the Ball podcast in conjunction with Soccer America. Soccer America's doubling up their their uh, the amount of stories they're doing each day, and they have all kinds of things there every single day, so check them out. All right, everybody, that's all the time we have for this quick World Cup update with Over the Ball, uh, sponsored by Octane Media and Soccer America. For OTB, I'm Kevin Flynn. That's Chris Shamides, and we'll talk to you next time. Call or text us at 424-229-2247. That's 424-229-2247.